0: So normally I'll have you some AI news for us, but today this is something you couldn't read about. I don't know if you know, this is off the charts. If you type into your search engine, whether it's Bing or Google or whatever, uh, AI news, it's all over the place. Every day there's tons of news out there about artificial intelligence. But I wanna give you something you don't know about, I haven't told anyone, till now. LinkedIn, using artificial intelligence, attempted to recruit your pastor for an AI job writing and screening AI content on October 7th, 2023. While I was here at the church after the men's breakfast, LinkedIn did a recruiting thing trying to recruit me to do some some of this AI stuff. It's amusing to me that AI is doing this, and maybe you see this happening yourself, Sometimes your computers will do things where AI is running something. So basically this thing can start where pop-ups can start coming up on your computer. You've had this happen. Well now AI is playing around and pop-ups will come up with ads for pop-up blockers. Have you seen this? So, so now you're like, oh should I? And then if you do, guess what? A whole lot more pop-up blocker ads are going to come because AI is going to go, oh, oh, they click bait. Like we put out there, they'll click it. That's what's happening right now. But it's fascinating to me because when I learned that uh, LinkedIn was aggressively trying to seek uh, content writers for their AI programs, and this is actually one of the big companies that was recruiting, and what they're doing is they're trying to get people to check and write content so that when somebody says, hey, chat GPT, or hey, whatever one it is, they say, I would like to do this. There's gotta be somebody who's inputting data at some point in time, so right now, they need a whole bunch of people doing that and then checking what's being put out. So people are still involved, and so even though you think it's artificial intelligence, it's actually more artificial than you think. Beyond Artificial Intelligence is the series we're going through. When things don't make sense, God's Word still does. Timeless Wisdom from Proverbs and James. We're going through Proverbs. Now, I'll give you a statement that I gave you last week. God's Word is far superior to and more practical than any kind of Internet technology or opinions of humans. And I gave you that two weeks ago as well. Proverbs 1, verse 20 to the end of the chapter is the text. The title, Sage Screams and People's Response. I'm going to start off by telling you a story I told almost three years ago. This is a map up behind me of Stephanie's hometown. Isn't that cool how she leaves to take care of the kids and I talk bad about her behind her back? I'm not talking bad about her. Just talking about her town. That's her town. That is uh, an interstate 49 right there, also called 71 in Missouri. Rich Hill is the name of her town. And just above Rich Hill, you'll see a bouncing ball come in and it'll circle a pond. That used to be known as Becker's Pond because the family with that last name owned the property. And young people, college age, I was a youth minister and high school boys, from uh, athletes, uh, we didn't mind swimming in this pond That cows and ducks left nasty in and catfish. There's definitely catfish. We fished the ponds, but it's nasty. I mean, you you step into it. It's not sandy beach stuff. It's it's nasty mucky muck, and then you feel like you have to shower shortly after you're in the pond. I mean, it's it's nasty. It smells bad, Um, but we didn't care. So the high school boys, I was leading them on a camping thing at Becker's Pond. And I had a, an outstanding character with me. Now, the girls were all with Stephanie. This is before we were married, but she was the high school um, Sunday school teacher. And she had the girls at a sleepover at her house. They're going to pamper themselves and have a nice time indoors, and we're going to rough it. We've got our tents, you know, and Aaron, Aaron, Aaron was pretty full of himself at the time. I'm sure he's grown up. If he listens to this on uh, some podcast, uh, he'll not be as insulted that I said he probably grew up. But anyway, he had his own tent with his own stuff in his own tent. And he clearly told everyone, don't touch my tent. Nobody's sleeping in my tent. He had his brother there and he wouldn't even let his brother in his tent. Okay, so Aaron's just, he's just Mr. Cool, you know, so he's, he's just going to do whatever he thinks is the coolest of all cool, because he thought he was that. And a few of us are out in the water, it was a beautiful summer night, it was clear, it was, it was fairly cool for being such a hot day, you could see all the stars in the sky, and I'm out there, and we're hanging on to each other's inner tube, just laying out in the water, and, just watching. Yeah, if you know anything about the Midwest, there's snakes in those waters too. But anyway, we're, we're out there just watching the stars and looking at the you know, beautiful sky and talking. And I heard something. So I yell, Hey, Aaron, here's some noise over by the tents. And he goes, Jeff, what? Just be cool. Whatever. So, and I'm in charge, you know, I'm the youth minister. I'm not a whole lot older than he is, but uh, I'm, I'm the one in charge. And so we're out in the water. We, we're having fun, just, just relaxing, you know. He's up there. He's got his little audience around the campfire, a couple of guys that are thinking he's as cool as he pretends to be. And I heard something again over by the tents. And I'm way away from the tents. The tents are even beyond Aaron and his buddies. And I'm, I'm out there saying, Aaron, What? I'm hearing something over by the tents. He gets upset. Jeff, just be cool. Well, whatever. It happened a third time. Aaron, I hear something. He gets up out of his chair and he's like animated. Just be cool. Whatever. A few minutes pass. Then I heard a car engine start like an old one. You could hear the exhaust, you know, like it had a hole in the pipe. And I'm like, what was that? And then next thing you know, I saw Aaron's tent just go off-site. The girls had come, snuck on-site, tied up the first tent they saw, which happened to be Aaron's, tied a rope to it to the back of this old pickup. They were all riding in the back of the pickup and just took off with his tent. And of course, Aaron gets up, ah, ah, there goes my tent, oh no. I said, Aaron, what? Just be cool. Yeah. Let's go over what we talked about recently. Here's a refresher of what we've learned thus far. I'm paraphrasing Proverbs. Child of mine, listen to wisdom. If you want to begin to understand anything God wants you to know, you must fear him. Fools refuse sage advice. Don't like instruction and don't learn from discipline. Stay away from people who are bad influences. Don't go after dishonest gain. Now I want to give you a quote. You'll see it come up behind me. From Dr. Dave Bland. First speech by personified wisdom is what we're going to look at today. The first speech by personified wisdom. This guy is... uh, the writer of the College Press NIV commentary that covers Proverbs and others. And for your information, some very generous anonymous donors have made it available to us that very soon we will have those books on our shelves in the church library. This is one of them. Here's the quote I want to give you. The wisdom Proverbs describes is not designed to master life's challenges, but To learn to manage them and adapt. In learning to adapt, individuals grow and mature spiritually. Where did I get that quote? Well, it's not from the NIV commentary that he wrote. It's from another book. You'll see it pop up and go away. Aha, there you go. I did that on purpose. I just whet your appetite. When we get to the right place, I'm going to recommend that book to you. And it's pricey. But... uh, We'll talk about that another day. It's Proverbs, and the formation of character is the name of it. We'll talk more about it when we get to that particular uh, time in our studies. I want to give you a quote also from Jesus, because this sets the tone for today. Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 and following. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to counsel, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. I say this, I wanted to quote this, give you this quote of Jesus up front, because the more we go through Proverbs, I'm so tempted so many times as I'm preparing To deliver messages on Proverbs, I just, it's to me, how do I can't do any better than any of this? It's any any scripture in the Bible, any verse. I'm I'm just tempted to say, let's just read it. That's good. It's just fine. I can't can't do any better. Uh, But hopefully, I can do some things to help us try to read it more, focus on what it says, and maybe put it to practice, and one of those temptations it's gonna, you're going to have as you go through life and you learn more wisdom, it's very easy to look at those who refuse to learn it and want to be extra critical. In this world in which we live, the foolishness is so abundant. It's everywhere, and we're treating it like it's normal. We're normalizing foolishness. So it is no wonder that many of us who are learning wisdom will, will be tempted more and more to look at other people and think, well, actually, we don't think, you fool. What we think is, idiot! That's what people say when they're driving their car and somebody doesn't turn their blinker on, or, or they ride your rear end and then go up and ride the next person's rear end, or slam their brakes on in front of you. or Whatever it is, we think that we're not supposed to do that. Jesus made it clear. We're not supposed to think of others as less than us. This is a harsh reminder. Before we get deeper into this, it's, it's very poetic. If you haven't noticed, when you read this part of Proverbs, it's very poetic. And we don't get to explore that, that poetic nature of it today because we're taking it piece by piece. But it, it's beautifully written. Proverbs 120 is where we start. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? When you read this, at first you might think, what? Wisdom is a woman. Yeah, yeah. that is the personification of wisdom inspired by God throughout Proverbs. It's not just here. There's a multitude of reasons why God would inspire Solomon to do this, and one of them is, as I've explained to you before, those of you who have raised girls and boys, you know this to be true. Girls are mean, and boys do stupid. I mean, that's the way it is. I, I, I grew up a boy, I'm still growing up probably, and I still do stupid quite well. Girls do mean, boys do stupid. That's the way it tends to work. And it's very clever of God to, to use the personification of wisdom as a woman. Because for one thing, men, by nature, by God's design, are supposed to have an attraction to women. In addition to that, we're supposed to have a respect for women. And so you take the boys who do stupid, so naturally. If a woman is espousing wisdom, they should be drawn to that. It's one of those things, I've asked it before, it can really pull out of a man something special. When a man is doing something he knows he shouldn't be doing, and he hears that voice in his head. What would your mother think? It matters. So it, it's very clever of God to, to personify wisdom as a woman. And sometimes it's, it's just that way. It's, it's, and you've got to be careful if you're a woman and you feel this and you know this. You can't use this to your advantage. Use it to God's advantage, not yours. You think I haven't heard the conversations that women have about how to manipulate their husbands to get them to do what you want them to do and make them think it was their idea? You know, don't, only do that if it's for God's glory, you know, don't do it for yourself. It could be real, a real temptation. But wisdom is a woman. Isn't that interesting? In, in this personification, should give you something. I just peel that back just a little bit because when we talk about fathers and God wanting to be referred to as a father, and we say, look how important it is that fathers represent fatherhood so that people can understand when we talk about the fatherhood of God, they can understand and relate. If we mess it up here on earth, we mess up people's concept of God. That's a big deal. Women, if you are. If your gender is used as the personification of wisdom, don't mess it up. You, you should be representing wisdom. Don't mess it up. You could, by messing it up, interfere with how people view the woman wisdom that is, we're reading right here, right now. It's an interesting personification because in the New Testament we learn that a godly woman is quiet. But here in the Old Testament, the wisdom, the, the woman wisdom cries out loud. It's a different analogy and it's for a different purpose. What this means is that wisdom is right there in front of you. It's screaming at you. Everywhere you go, out in the streets, in the marketplace, at the gate, everywhere you go, wisdom is screaming. Sage advice is right there screaming at you. Aaron, I hear something up by the tents. Whatever analogy that comes to mind. And the noisiness of life and the busyness of life, wisdom is screaming. And some of you will pause long enough to notice. Some of you like to take advantage, and you maybe you've done this in the past, of these empty malls in the morning before the stores open, but the mall is open so you walk the malls because it's a nice, safe place to walk, and it's outside of the rain. And you might find yourself sitting down and taking a break as people start to show up. And you might, or even maybe... <laughs> as men tend to have a, a, a cutoff point when it comes to malls and shopping, like, we're done, you know, just we're done. Unless it includes tools or outdoor stuff, uh, they're, they're just done. So maybe uh, uh, you're sitting there and just watching, and you watch people, and, you know, and if you observe, wisdom screams. You learn, that's foolish, that's foolish, <laughs> And then you notice things like, that, that's, a, that's a cool thing I just saw. <clears throat> wisdom is everywhere. And then, it, then it, we dip into the, women, the woman wisdom. She says, how long, oh simple ones, will you love being simple? Life is not so simple. We like to try to simplify things, but things are complicated. But if we keep it simple, then we make it easy, and we, we think it's better. It's not so simple. How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing, and fools hate knowledge? Most of that we understand, but not everybody understands what scoff means. So let's lean on Webster's. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary says, A scoff is an expression of scorn, derision, or contempt. It says, um, it could also be an object of scorn, mockery, or derision. The intransitive verb, to show contempt by derisive acts or language. And here's an illustration. He scoffed at the idea. Transitive verb, to treat or address with derision or mock. You're a lawyer. (laughs) That's scoffing. And in case you haven't noticed, this is what's happening to Christians around the world, especially in our country. We seem to be leading the charge and scoffing at Christian ideas. Here is an article that appeared in ABC News this year. You can see It's a little screenshot. It says, uh, they, they show a map, and I don't show it to you, but it says where gender-affirming care is being targeted in the U.S. Now, it's a fascinating subject, isn't it? Isn't it? Because... Here's, here's what they're saying by this title in this article. They're saying that, oh, gender-affirming care is being targeted. When we all know the reality and what we see is happening is our children are being targeted. So they're trying to flip it around and say, no, people are targeting gender-affirming care. That's, <laughs> it, it's the opposite of actually what's happening. It's states that are defending themselves against the targeting of their children. In fact, uh, if you'll go to the next slide, you'll see, here's a quote from this. At least 18 states, it names them right behind me, have passed laws or policies that restrict gender-affirming care for people under the age of legal majority, which is the threshold for legal adulthood. So the article is written in such a way that These 18 states are attacking gender-affirmative care when the reality is these 18 states are protecting children against the targeting that is happening to them right now. So we're being manipulated, in case you didn't know. And what is happening is those that are trying to manipulate us are scoffing at us. They don't like Christianity. God, Jesus, and the Bible is outdated. It needs to be pushed away. It's in the way of their agenda. And then we're described as the agenda people. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Look at this uh, screenshot of the next article I'll show you. There's plenty. Uh, This one's from a local news uh, thing, and the reason why it's from a local thing is because it doesn't really make national news not very much this is from a detransitioner that sues doctors after being given irreversible gender treatments as a child this is happening all over we it just gets pushed to page 2 and page 3 or whatever of any national anything we're not supposed to pay attention to all the people that are saying i was harmed we're supposed to just go along with it it's fine I have been through the training where people stand up and say, it's completely reversible, when the reality is, it is not reversible. And we're told that this is is a thing. You get to just pick what gender you want to be. The same people that say, follow the science, don't follow the science when they tell us this. There's a real thing called DNA it's used to solve crimes. It's the science. Man, I know I'm preaching to the choir. Let me remind you from the beginning the quote I gave from Jesus Be careful, though. Anytime you oppose some other view that's outside of Christianity, you're going to be classified as a bigot or a hater. And you've got to be careful don't become what they accuse us of being. Just because somebody believes this stuff that's being pushed on us and they follow it and they live it doesn't give us a right to be cruel. Christians, we're supposed to love people. So even though we disagree, they should still know we love them. So we don't mistreat them, we don't talk down to them, and we never look down on them. Remember, I don't have the slide up behind me, but Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, consider others better than yourselves. It can, I want to read to you again Proverbs 120 versus, uh Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 to 22. Oh, you're good. We'll go with 23. If you turn at my reproof, Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. This is another clever thing of God because he's about to use this woman wisdom. Remember, this is wisdom. This is she. She's saying these things. If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. So if you basically, it's like repenting. If you repent, as I get on to you, I will give you my spirit and I will will give you my wisdom. But see, it, it requires an effort on our part to listen to the wisdom. She's crying out and she's saying, stop thinking the way you're thinking. And if you do that, I will give you my spirit and I'll pour out my knowledge and wisdom will come to you. Why is God being clever in my mind? Why, why am I saying God's being clever here? It's because he's about to really get onto us. And he wants us to know, you're going to be okay if you change direction from where you're going. Now, there's a note here. I wanted to bring it to your attention. you see the A up there in the ESV. The note says, it could be translated, will you turn away at my reproof? Either way, if or will you? Those are, that's a good question. Will you? Listen to the wisdom that God is crying out. In the personification of a woman, she is crying out. And she continues, Proverbs one twenty-four and following, because I have called and you refuse to listen. I've stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind when distress and anguish come upon you. Ouch! So remember God started all of this with, Son, listen. And He's he's tying in. Wisdom is calling out. She says these things. God is trying at every angle possible from a father figure to a mother figure whatever he can, he's pulling out all stops. He's trying to make sure he gets our attention. If you don't listen, wisdom will laugh at you when you face the consequences of your foolishness. Just like we laughed at Aaron in my opening story. Just be cool. I want to give you a a little bit of wisdom that Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes from the Message Translation. This is Ecclesiastes 10, 12 through 14. The words of a wise person are gracious. The talk of a fool self-destructs. He starts out talking nonsense and ends up spouting insanity and evil. Pay attention to verse 14. Fools talk way too much. Chattering stuff they know nothing about. And oftentimes, when we read that, that type of a statement, fools talk way too much, chattering stuff they know nothing about. Oftentimes, we read that and we think of somebody else. Oh, I know somebody like that. Pause for a minute, just for a minute, and ask yourself, could this be me sometimes? It doesn't hurt you to ask. Could I I be perceived by others as someone who talks too much? Could I be perceived by others as somebody who is chattering about stuff I know nothing about? Oh, wait a minute. Pause and ask this question. God, do you perceive me this way? Sometimes. Sometimes. And if you dare ask that question, you probably should follow it up with, forgive me. I'm sorry that I'm not representing you well. Back to the woman wisdom, personification of wisdom in the form of a woman. Still speaking, Proverbs 1.28 continues in our text, Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices." my dad used to tell a story of how in their home when he was growing up whenever there was a privilege of having Coca-Cola in the home you had to be informed in advance that you were going to get this at a particular time you couldn't just go grab a Coca-Cola and drink it no that is reserved for something special but being that he had grown and become muscular, and he, he's an athlete, and huh. there's, a, there's an opened bottle, because they all used to be in glass bottles, of Coca-Cola right there in the refrigerator. It's open. And it wasn't there when he just looked in there, and now it's there. So he's thinking, because his mom's home. She's been cooking in the kitchen. They just had breakfast not too long before. Mom snuck a drink of Coca-Cola and put it in the refrigerator. Who's going to know if I take a drink? It's already had somebody drink out of it. Who's going to know? You know he's thinking, I'm not supposed to do this. That's wisdom. Wisdom is calling out when you think, I'm not supposed to do this. Wisdom called out first when you were told the rules, you can't just go grab that. But he's gotten bigger, he's gotten overconfident, thinks he can get away with it because nobody's looking. So what did he do? Made sure one more time, reached in there, grabbed it, and it was kind of interesting because it was warm. So it hadn't been in the refrigerator very long at all. Extra warm. He thought, man, I gotta do this fast before I get caught. He's just gonna get one drink. What's it gonna hurt? And he chugged, and then he lost it because it was bacon grease. She made, uh, she poured bacon grease into the bottle. It wasn't soda. And uh, his mother came in to check on why he was choking. I love bacon, but I don't want to chug the, the the warm grease. No, I'm sorry. She came in to check on him and saw what had happened, and she laughed at him. Wouldn't you? Wisdom was calling out to him when he was told, don't. Wisdom called out to him when he was thinking, I shouldn't. Wisdom was still calling out as he's looking around. And wisdom laughed at him when he had the consequences. That's the way it works. It continues, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 32 and 33. We're wrapping up the text here. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. The simple are killed by their turning away. I'm one of these people that has been guilty of the clickbait, clicking on clickbait. Um, you know, there's there's been times where, um, you know, we we get told this stuff. We get told don't. I mean, in in all of the security and safety training I've done, and the nature of the kind of other job I do, um, I'm taught how to pay attention to your environment. I, I I've gone home after being trained like this and tell my adult kids and my wife. Okay, when you're out in public, do not be on your phone all the time. There's a lot of reasons for that. Besides the fact that you're disengaged from the people you're with, you're also an easy target of somebody. If you're not paying attention, if you're focused on this thing in front of you, you're not paying attention. You're an easy target. If you're aware, if you're looking around and somebody's thinking about targeting you and you see them, they're probably not going to target you. But if you don't see them at all, easy target. And I know this, I've been taught this, and yet sometimes I'll be on my phone out in public. I don't have to be, it's not necessary. Maybe you're one of these that find yourself doing that too. And it's, it's, a, it's a crazy thing sometimes when you're talking to somebody and you're close to them and what they're doing is they're on their phone and they're acting like this is more important than engaging you. And then you find out what they're doing is scrolling Facebook. Really? Really? Are you kidding me? So I know I'm not supposed to be doing this thing and I know I shouldn't be doing clickbait. I shouldn't click on the bait. But sometimes it looks cool. Something shows up because AI is at work and it knows how I think. It's like, oh, that's a sport thing. I like sport things. I was, as a former boxer, I still like fighting sports. So you show me fighting sports, I'll, I'll click on it sometimes. Don't you? Of course you do. Yeah. But then you click on it and somebody breaks a bone. You're like, oh, I didn't want to see that. It's hard to unsee that stuff, but guess what? I clicked on it, so now AI thinks he wants to watch that kind of stuff. So something that doesn't look like there's going to be an accident will pop up, then turns out to be an accident, and it happens all the time on my phone now and on my laptop because I've clicked on the bait. That's what happens. That's what happens. I know better. I've been taught. And I still give in to it. For the simple are killed by their turning away. Sometimes I have seen things I'd like to unsee, and I don't even know if the person survived, and why is this on the Internet for kids to see? People doing stupid stuff because they want to go viral. let we'll see if I can jump from this building to that building, because other people do it, and they don't make it. The simple are killed by their turning away from wisdom. That's what she's saying. Listen to me, or you could die. And the complacency of fools destroys them. What is this about? Complacency of fools. What, why does it destroy them? The people that are foolish, and by the way, one definition of a fool is lacking morals, another one is lacking sense. But if if a person's being foolish, um, what is this complacency? peace. This complacency will will destroy them. What is that? Complacency means being satisfied right where you are and not improving. That's being complacent. It's fine. Let me tell you something, Christians, if you don't know this already, you should know this. Good enough is never good enough for God. We do our excellence for Him, not good enough. This isn't good enough. It's got to be excellent. What I'm doing in living my life, I can't, it can't just be good enough. It needs to be my best for the Lord. If we're going to bring glory and honor to him, never just do good enough. Never just do the minimal to get by. Never just do what's imp- simple and what's easy. The complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me, this is the woman personified uh, woman wisdom. Wisdom. God. Isn't that fascinating to you? God the Father is choosing to inspire Solomon to write as wisdom is coming from a woman. He is pulling out all stops to try to make sure we pay attention. Listen to the wisdom. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Isn't that interesting? So so as wisdom started to speak, you're going to be okay if you will listen to me and change. Now that's not easy for those of us who've begun to have gray hair. We we, We get in our ruts. We like to do it the way we do it. We have our patterns. We put the same shoe on the same way every time. The first one, that's the one we put on first. We don't like to change. I don't know if I told you this about me, but I actually purposely every day, whatever feels natural, whatever shoe I'm about to put on, I put the other one on. I do that every time so that I try to get my mind in in, in a place where I need to be comfortable with change. When I eat in the break room at my prison facility, and those are all teachers and staff members with the Grays Harbor Community College. I go into that break room and I purposely eat with them because I'm a Christian. I want to interact with them. And there's some haters in there that hate Christians, but they're not hating me now. So that's good. But I go in there and interact with them. Here's something that does irritate people. I choose to sit in a different seat. I alternate. I keep moving around because this is the way we are. Even as Christians, you come into a church building like this. And you sit in the same seat. if We get comfortable. We like our patterns. We don't want to change. Here's what happens. This has happened. And I've, some of the people I love very dearly, not in this church, but I have actually come to learn of people who go up to a visitor who visits the church and <coughs> tap them on the shoulder and ask them to move because they're sitting in their seat. <laughs> that is stuck in a rut. If anybody ever sits in your seat and forces you to move, consider it a victory because you're being forced to change. You are not complacent. You're going to be okay if you can have a mindset of change because if you get in a place where you think you should never ever change, you, you, if you're not already crossed over into arrogance, you're bordering on it. We all need to change. None of us are perfect. So whoever listens to wisdom will be okay. All right, let's wrap it up. Five practical things that we've gone over and learning from this last part of Proverbs chapter one. First of all, wisdom is a woman. (laughs) I love saying that, it's so cool. But ask the question, why? Because God is doing everything possible to get our attention. He speaks to us as a father, especially when he says, son, listen to my father's instruction, and then he flips it. Wisdom is a woman. He is trying to make this as palatable and as appealing as possible. Listen. Whatever it takes, listen to the wisdom. Second thing, sage advice, wisdom, screams in common places and things. It's there, out in the streets. It's there, even in the schools that seem to have less and less wisdom in the curriculum. It's there. Even in the difficult circumstances of going through trauma, even in the malls, even in the grocery store, even in your chaotic daily lives, even on the sports field even at work even in the church even in the woods even on the lake even in the play even at the concert hanging out with friends interacting with neighbors you might even notice if you're being reclusive and an isolationist wisdom is screaming Sage advice is screaming in common places and things, but we've got to listen. Some of us are too busy and haven't been listening. Wisdom screams at us, but we're not hearing. And I wanted to give you this earlier, and I didn't do that. And when it mentioned in Ecclesiastes that fools chatter, they talk too much, you know, when we're having conversations with other people, oftentimes what we're doing is thinking about what we're going to say before they're done talking so that we're ready to jump in and say it. And what that necessarily means is we're not listening. You say, well, preacher, if I, if I listen the whole time, then I'm never going to get a chance to jump in. That's okay, you might learn something. If you haven't figured this out, when if you're running your mouth the whole time, you're not listening. If it's your mouth that's going all the time, you're not learning. I don't know if you've noticed this, but sometimes the quietest amongst us are the smartest in the room. I'll I'll talk about um, somebody that probably listens to the, this that ends up on podcasts. He's been here with us. He's Brandon. It's hard to miss Brandon. Uh, his family. Uh, Dale Mix is the, his dad, who is an elder who taught the communion and offering meditations class for years at the church where I served for 18 years. Um, he's a tall man, but Brandon, his oldest son, is very big. I don't know, 6'4", 350 pounds, played for PLU. Um, he's been here. You can't miss him when he's here. So next time you see somebody that comes in that's as big as Jeremiah that comes to our men's breakfast, that's Brandon. Brandon was nonverbal for a long time. He's on the spectrum. I remember when Brandon was real little, um, most kids his age were this little and he's this little. He was always big. I remember one time I was going to teach his class. It might have been vacation Bible school, and he crawled under this kid's classroom chair, and the chair had all four legs off the ground and was squeezing him around his, his back as he was on all fours trying to hide from me. Like, you can't, Brandon, you can't hide. You're too big. I see you. Oh, so he gets up. But Brandon became nonverbal for a long time. Um, He didn't talk. He was always there. He was always there in church. He was, he grew up and became this large man. (laughs) And we did a youth group trick while he was still in high school, playing football on the line. He could have been the whole line, but he was playing on the line uh, on the high school football team, and, and he was respected for his size and athleticism. He still plays rugby today, and he's, I don't know, 10 years out of high school. But Brandon, we, we, when the Joplin tornado came, that's, uh, we sent a trip, and uh, Brandon went on the trip. And the things that he witnessed there, the stories that people told of how Uh, One little girl, um, she wound up, I think, like three miles away, and she was perfectly fine. She was healthy and fine, but a tornado carried her. And they asked her how she survived, and she said, angels held me. Those stories, they, they moved Brandon. And on the road trip back, Brandon was talking. And he still didn't talk much, but he talked. And when Brandon came back talking, this kid that that I had essentially helped be a part of raising, when he talked, wisdom came out. He was listening all the time, he never talked. And from watching Brandon, it, it occurred to me that's what God was talking about. I need to be silent. And I'll learn more. And Brandon, he's wise. Third thing. Fools don't fear God. Listen to the loud, obvious wisdom of God. And they ignore the facts. We're the ones being criticized in the world in large part. But it's the fools that don't fear God. Don't, and they don't listen to the loud, obvious wisdom of God. It's right here in this book. And they ignore the facts. It's not us. Unless you're a fool. The fourth thing. Fools, ignorers of wisdom, will cry for it when it's too late. As I said to Aaron, hey Aaron, I hear something. He kept saying, Jeff, be cool. And then at the end, when something was happening, all this stuff's going away. Ah! <laughs> too late. You were given wisdom several times, Aaron. And the fifth thing, those who listen and live wisdom will be all right. May that be you. Let's pray. God, thank you for giving us wisdom in all kinds of ways. Thank you for giving us a book of wisdom within your book of wisdom. Teach us to be obedient. Teach us to turn. Help us to please you in how we conduct ourselves. And may what we do and what we say be in accordance with your wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.